Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover, and I'm joined as I am usually by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. More exciting time, a lot of football going on. There's a lot of sports things to get to today uh, for sure. And uh, excited about what is ahead on the sports schedule. Uh, the NBA is in full motion. We're not going to talk about that tonight. But uh, the NHL also rolling right along. Uh, we hadn't talked about this yet, Dad. But uh, I'm sure you saw Pekka Rene will be the first retired jersey for the Nashville Predators. Well, that makes sense. I mean, he was when they had the anniversary a year or two ago, he was voted the most most popular predator ever which i think would be true and probably the most valuable one so um no i actually hadn't seen that but i hadn't looked much at that t- today i've been keeping up on their winning streak so i'm excited about that so yeah they uh they have been winning as of late and of course uh probably many of our listeners don't even know who pecorina is but uh is <laughs> a very very popular nashville predator and uh, getting his jersey retired. But I saw your shirt and your sign in the background, and so I figured uh, that uh, I would let people know about that. Um, Just a word of cross-promotion. I will be on the TSS Fantasies uh, episode, which aired Wednesday night, and you can go back and watch. It's a fantasy football show, and I'll be on there as a as a guest talking about uh, some Packer players and some other things going on there as well. And then, of course, as always, we have our Wednesday episode that comes out the local hour, and uh, that's covering Eastern Kentucky sports. And we had the athletic director on, Matt Roan, had a really good conversation with him. And then 
uh, one of the leading linebackers for the EKU Colonels, Kyle Bailey, joined us as well for a really good conversation and sure appreciate those. So you can go back to the podcast and listen to that episode as well. All right, Dad, let's get right into it. Um, You're our Green Bay Packer insider being the owner, uh, minority owner of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Packers made some news this week. Uh, of course, what we're talking about is when they cut Jalen Smith. No, that's not what we're talking about. Um, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback, reigning MVP, uh, caused a lot of drama in the offseason. And uh, that seemed to go after the Saints game, kind of get behind everybody. And now here we go, into the season, doing great. Uh, maybe another MVP season for Aaron Rodgers. Well, he comes down with COVID. And, of course, last week, Devonta Adams was out with COVID. And uh, then Alan Lazard was out for close contact or whatever reason. Um, let's start with the drama of this, this situation. Rodgers will miss at least one game against Kansas City, maybe two games. And, uh, of course, it came out today that he's unvaccinated. And uh, he's been going through some homeopathic uh, things to get his antibodies up and whatnot. People have made a big deal about this, Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated, more so than Aaron Rodgers having COVID. Uh, your thoughts on the the news of the day? Well, it was, um, you know, it's bad as far as the ball game is concerned, but it's it's interesting. I think, um, I think Rodgers, like anybody, has a right uh, to make his own decision from there about what he does. But obviously the media just loves anything that they can come up with about Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, now all the conspiracy figures and he's letting everyone down because he wasn't honest and this and that. And But again, you know, ultimately it's, it, it, it's his decision. Um, I don't know how much the team was really misled in this. You know, we may know more about that as the time um, comes along. I would think the medical staff knew, but um you know, uh, I, I don't know. And again, he did try to appeal to the NFL. Um, and you know, they looked at everything there, but, uh, it'd be really hard for them to make an exception at this point. Cause that would really open the door for a lot of things, even though I think medically the, the request might've been valid. Um, but again, we don't want to get off on that like we did last <laughs> week. Um, but, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, again, hopefully he'll be back in the 10-day period and be able to play the next game against the Seahawks. And um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about him, maybe even some from him as time goes on. Yeah, it's funny. The um, you, know, you mentioned it, too, about how um, if, if the team was misled. I don't think they were. I think everybody in the organization knew he was not vaccinated. And the reason why is because the protocols are different in the building for vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And uh, the Packers have, have been proven that they've been following all the COVID protocols to the T inside the building and, and whatnot. So I don't think it's any surprise to the team that he wasn't vaccinated. I find it so funny that it was such big news. Um, and it wasn't that it was Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP. It was that it was the unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers. Last week, Devonte Adams had COVID and the news was just star football player, is going to miss a game. This week, Aaron Rodgers comes down with it. It's not star football players going to miss a week. It is unvaccinated, um, you know, guy that lets down his team, all those kinds of things. It, listen, if we haven't figured it out yet, you can catch COVID 
as simple as you can catch a cold. It's a different virus. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's the same thing, but you can catch it the same way. And we've seen, as with Devontae Adams, even if you are vaccinated, you can still get it and miss a game. Is that not just as bad as being unvaccinated and getting it? In my opinion, and I know some people disagree with me, um, the news here is that the Green Bay Packers will be without their quarterback. Just like last week, the news was they were without their star wide receiver. So um, it, it is interesting, the reaction to it. Some media members, he lied. Well, if you go back and listen, he did not lie. Um, and the media personalities that were in the room when they asked the question, are you vaccinated? And he answered, uh, he said that he was immune, immunized, immunized, immunized yeah. yeah, immunized. Somebody could have asked, what do you mean? Um, or that wasn't what I asked or whatever. Now, at the end of the day, and Benjamin Watson, the former tight end, he said today on Twitter, and I agree with him as well, that the media should have never been allowed to ask that question because it's none of their business. And uh, But nonetheless, no media member followed that question up, and they were not lied to. Um, they just they were just too stupid to ask the right question. So anyways, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has let down anybody uh, to this point in this situation. And uh, and hopefully he uh, stays healthy and the things that he has done uh, to help himself health wise will help him uh, as he has the virus. And uh, and as a Packer fan, hopefully he's back playing again very soon. But he's not going to be playing this week against the. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who have been just flailing this season. Jordan Love, the first-round draft pick, the heir apparent, uh, the next man up, will step in now as the starting quarterback. We've seen him in preseason. Uh, Now he's going to step into real game play against another former MVP, against a former Super Bowl champion, uh, against a team that, although their record is not as good as they want it to be, is not a bad team. So, uh, Dak. Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, Jordan Love's first regular season appearance. What do you think? Um, this will be a test, I think, for the Packers system. Um, I think they'll be able to come up with a plan that will fit. Again, uh, Kansas City is a team that has had some trouble. Um, it, 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 there, it'll be challenging for sure. I think they won't. it won't be quite at all the same game plan um, as if Aaron Rodgers was there because Jordan Love is not going to do all the same things, but there's a lot of, a, a lot of plays in the book. And, um, again, I think if the offensive line steps up, they can run the ball during the preseason. Um, Jordan Love had some great throws, tremendous throws. And then he had some throws that weren't very good. Um, so uh, it'll depend. The defense will need to, you know, keep them in the game. And um, I don't know, but the Packers uh, will win this. Um, I think the media will want the Packers to win this because immediately Jordan Love will be the starting <laughs> quarterback for the rest of the year. I've already heard talk that this will be Jordan Love's chance to take Aaron Rodgers' job, which is ridiculous. But anyhow. Why well, um, though? It, is it ridiculous in the sense, yes, for this year, that's, that would be nuts. That's not going to happen. But if Jordan Love comes out and plays – really good football. Does that not give the Packers more confidence in the offseason to go ahead and move on from Aaron Rodgers? Although Aaron Rodgers has proven he can still play at top tier level, but if he still says, I want out, does that not kind of open the door more for him to get out if Jordan Love plays well this week? 
Um, I think if Jordan Love plays well, it'll be like when Aaron Rodgers used to play well in the preseason. I think it'll give them confidence for the future. As far as wanting to make a, a change while Aaron Rodgers can still play, I, I mean, I, I don't think that will be the case. Now, how it'll affect Aaron Rodgers. But again, the team right now is in a good spot, been a good spot unity-wise. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out for sure. Jordan Love plays great football. The Packers are in a no-lose situation. Um, they, if they find out, hey, this kid is what we thought he was, well, then they can either keep Jordan Love next year and play him and move on from Aaron Rodgers, or all of a sudden his trade value goes through the roof. They can trade him in the offseason, keep Aaron Rodgers through the rest of his career, and get a haul back for Jordan Love. And uh, But if he comes out and plays as I expect him to play, not bad, but not great either, then I think we're still sitting there in a hold pattern trying to figure out did the Packers make the right choice in drafting Jordan Love, which I will still argue to this day they did not. But we'll see. Uh, um, And even if he comes out and plays well, I think they still could have won a Super Bowl if they drafted somebody else. But anyways, it'll be interesting to see. We'll get back to that game as we go through the uh, pick sixes here in a little bit. Speaking of drama, how about Odell Beckham Jr.? At one point, looked at as one of the best receivers in the league. Now he can barely get on the field. As a matter of fact, now that he's healthy, he can't even get on the practice field. He shows up for practice after an interesting week. His dad spoke out uh, uh, against Baker Mayfield. He's already had some drama as well. And he shows up for practice, and the coach sends him home and tells the rest of the team, we're acting as though he is no longer on the team. And... um, that's a, that's an interesting statement from the head coach to say to the team when you got a guy who they couldn't trade. Supposedly they looked at trading, uh, but they did not trade. And now you're looking at either at cutting him or bringing him back into a locker room, which doesn't appear to love him that much. Um, you know, this is, I think, an example of a diva, of uh, someone who has never had to grow up. And now when times get to a situation where they need an adult in the room, he can't be that because he hasn't had to be that. Maybe that's a strong opinion, but that's kind of where I am at with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, What do you think about this whole situation? Well, again, I think the Browns are doing the right thing here on that. Um, Again, you know, when his dad interfered like he did, again, the big thing is about keeping the team together and keeping the spirit together, and uh, that's not going to help. Odell Beckham hasn't helped with that. Like you said, I think the word diva is a good thing. Um, You know, he wants to be popular, and, um, I, you know, I I don't know. It'd be harder than, you know, if you're a coach or general manager to want to bring that into your locker room, I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, speaking of more issues going on with wide receivers, how about Henry Ruggs, lost, former Las Vegas Raider? Clocked going 100 and what was it, 56, I think, miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, gets in a car accident. He's He was drunk uh, over the limit and uh, kills someone in the other vehicle. I've not had a chance to read through all the stuff at this point other than just the basics of it. And uh, I want to just state again, I put it out on my Twitter. I've said it before, alcohol ruins lives and you can't convince me otherwise. Henry Ruggs is young, 22 years old. I think one of the most talented receivers in the league. Uh, He's, you know, very popular. And, um, but the, the fact of the matter is 
when you choose to drink and drive, especially, um, and again, people disagree with me, but if you just don't drink, you don't have to worry about drinking and driving, but uh, you choose to drink and drive, you're putting not only yourself at risk, and oftentimes you're putting other people at more risk than yourself. And again, we see it. We saw it last year with Andy Reid's son, had a similar situation. Now you see Henry Ruggs throwing his life away, honestly, um, for what? And I just continue to sit here and go, you know, you got all these young millionaires out there um, living life to its fullest, so they think, but it can so quickly change. And now you've got a kid who's going to, it looks like, spend years in prison. And again, this is still early in the process, so maybe that changes. But from everything that I can see, there's no legal precedent for him to not spend time in jail for this. And, um, you know, he was injured. The girl in his car was injured. And then the in the opposing car, the other car, someone was killed. And, uh, you know, you look at it being out late, late at night, early in the morning, uh, drinking. What good thing has ever happened uh, as a result of being up late drinking? Nothing, not a single thing. And so, um, Dad, it's sad to see see this happen, you know, and I know you're, you're my dad. I grew up in your house. Um, alcohol was never in our house. We, um, we always stayed away from it. And, you know, I actually was talking with someone this, this week about it, alcohol. And I said, Oh no, I don't drink. And, and, uh, they started asking questions like at all. I know not, not literally, not at all. And, uh, anyways, it's sad to see the situation with Henry Ruggs because, not only do you are you sad for the family who lost a loved one and friends who lost someone they loved, you're also sad to see a young life with so much potential um, now, it, it, at least for some time, wasted because uh, of, a, of a very bad decision with drinking and then drinking and driving. Uh, any thoughts you want to share on the Henry Ruggs situation? Well, like you said, it's sad. I mean, here's a young man who had you know, a great college career and had potential to have a great NFL career, and he has thrown it away. And uh, like you said, nothing good ever comes out really of drinking and drinking and driving. It'd be interesting. Well, I, not interesting, but it's always if you if you step back and look at it critically, it's it's always interesting. You know, the NFL will be all about this. They're all against. Um, you know, what happened here. Um, they want to educate their players more. And yet, you know, what's the advertisement, you know, um, um, what's everything involved in sports. I mean, that, that, that's what it is again, not to get off, but I, I always have to remember, I respected Reggie white for a lot of things and he never accepted the Miller light player of the week award because he realized that, that that was inconsistent. And, um, and, and that's the way, it, you know, that that's just the way it is. And I've heard a lot of things on sports talk that, you know, a strong stand about things. And they said alcohol was the problem. And as soon as you went to commercial break, it was alcohol. And I thought, you know, and I understand, you know, money, money's going to control things, but um, it's sad. It's too bad. People can't, I know there are people on every team that tries to influence these young men in the right way. And there's probably teammates that do, but um you know, hopefully people can learn some from this. Well, I mean, we in college, it's all about it's celebrated. Drinking is celebrated. Uh, big parties and big events. And, uh, you know, at, when you turn 21, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah, we go out and drink and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm just trying, you know, I know this is a sports talk program and we try very hard to stick to sports, but this is important. It, 
I'm telling you, nothing good comes from drinking. And uh, you can you can do so much more with your money. <laughs> you can do so much more with your loved ones. You can do so much more with your friends. Um, that will not cause hurt to anyone uh, if you'll just stay away from drinking. And I'm part of the Belly Up Podcast Network. Um, and a lot of a lot of my co- cohorts here, their podcasts are named something about beer or drunk or whatever it is. And and they're good people. I'm not I'm not saying they're bad people or and, and those kinds of things. But uh, we just disagree in this matter, and uh, and I don't see anything good coming from drinking, and I think it hurts so many families. You can look at the stats, all that kind of stuff, the domestic violence. So many times is, is alcohol is involved with it. Um, so many bad things happen around alcohol, and Henry Ruggs is just the next example uh, of that, and um, hopefully, hopefully someone will learn from this and it will make a different life decision than what Henry Ruggs. And, and honestly, Dan, in this day and time, uh, you're not up to date on most of these things, but there's Uber and there's Lyft. There's so many more ways nowadays to get a ride home than there have been in the past, and, and there's just no excuse for it. Um, I hope that uh, that something good will come of this. I just don't know what that, that'll be. We'll talk about the Raiders in a minute. That's far less important than than the Henry Ruggs situation, but we will talk about how that impacts them when we get to our games here in just a moment. But um, so, so much news in football, right? This week. I mean, my goodness, COVID um, murder. Uh, well, not murder, but uh, to some degree murder, uh, you know, drama with, with Odell Beckham. You got a new quarterback in green Bay. You got, you got uh, people coming back from injuries. You got the trade deadline that happened. Not a whole lot of big stuff at the trade deadline, although Pittsburgh sent Melvin Ingram to Kansas City. That's that's the biggest trade of the deadline. Um, were you surprised that about any teams that did not make a move at the trade deadline? We didn't. I didn't cover this with you pre pre recording, but uh, was there any teams that surprised you that they did not go out and get anybody? No, not not really, because I, I don't think football fits as much of that as other sports sometimes where it's trade deadline, you know, you've got to reload and everybody has to from there. I think anytime you make some trades, and again, the Von Miller thing was a big thing, right. um, without a doubt, it may be a real help uh, there. But um, I, I don't know, but I expected a, a lot of big moves. Uh, again, I think in like anything, one move could have triggered a bunch, but, uh, you know, that move didn't happen. Happen, so, yeah, Deshaun Watson not getting traded, um, and there was a lot into that, and I haven't had time to study it, so I didn't want to talk too much about it. But supposedly, um, the Dolphins said, "If you'll settle these cases, then we'll trade for you." And he said, "If you trade for me, I'll settle these cases." And uh, neither one of those things happened. You're right, Von Miller getting moved for a second and third round draft pick to Los Angeles. The Rams have very few draft picks left, uh, but they have an incredible stacked team. Um, Melvin Ingram to Kansas City should help them as well. Uh, there were rumors that the Packers were going to go after a tight end. Uh, Evan Ingram's name came up a lot in connection with Green Bay. They ended up standing pat uh, at the deadline. Of course, they've made some additions here in recent weeks as well. Um, but, yeah, for me, it was the quarterback situation. Deshaun Watson not getting moved was a little surprising to me. Uh, but, nonetheless, here we are. So an exciting week of football is ahead, and uh, we're sitting here now. Uh, let's see here. I'm on the wrong thing. Okay. Week number nine, the Thursday night game is the Jets and the Colts. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, the Jets looked pretty good last week, Dad. We got to talk about this. Mike White uh, comes in. Western Kentucky, I believe, is where he's from. Third year or so in the league. And uh, he comes in, looks phenomenal, leads the Jets on a big night. The Colts, they're kind of like a, a team that's underachieving to this point in the year. Carson Wentz threw a really bad interception in that game against Tennessee. Um, Indianapolis at home, they're the favorite at 10.5. But uh, do you think Mike White continues to shine in New York and creates a legit quarterback controversy for this year? Uh, or do you think Indianapolis dominates or, or handles the Jets in this game? Well, I think Indianapolis ought to win. Again, if they've still got a shot now because of the injuries in Tennessee, I mean, they're going to have to win here as many games as they can. But it was interesting watching White and the Jets. I think the Jets have tried to keep their spirits up, and they're going to rally around him. Um, and it will be interesting if he plays well, and especially even if he won a couple more games, what might end up when Wilson comes back. So, um um, it, it, it was good to see the Jets win, I think. I was surprised, and I wasn't necessarily happy that the, the Bengals lost. But um, uh, that was a very interesting game. And uh, But I would think the Colts at home, you know, definitely would be the favorite for sure and should win. Uh, in that AFC South, the Tennessee Titans are 6-2. and two. They lose Derrick Henry. That's another piece of news from this week. Derrick Henry done for the season more than likely. There's still a chance he comes back, actually. Um, but I mean, he played the, <laughs> some of the game with that broken foot. So, uh, Tennessee's up five, they're six and two Indianapolis is three and five. So it's a three game difference. You said it though, Indianapolis, this is their, their chance to make a run now at Tennessee. Uh, let's talk about the Titans real quick though. They've been run heavy. They go out and sign Adrian Peterson. Speaking of controversy, uh, they, they've also got McNichols there as well. Um, are, do you see Tennessee maybe trying to transition to more of a passing offense as opposed to the run-heavy offense? Do they go a little bit more balanced? Do they stick with the game plan they had with Derrick Henry? Um, no. With Derrick Henry gone, I don't, I don't think they'll stick to the plan. And being that they have gotten some receivers that are good, I think they'll try to make the switch. Uh, they're much more of a passing team. But you, you've said many times it's true. I don't know that that would be uh, Tannehill's strength. I don't know that that would be. And any time in the NFL, if you get somebody that's one-dimensional, um, you know, you're going to be able to – there's good enough players you can stop that. And, um, you know, uh, so the Titans, I think, will be hurting. It will be interesting to see how they adjust and what kind of game plan they come up with. You know, Adrian Peterson – um, you know, always liked him coming up, especially on fantasy and stuff like that. But he, um, I think he's probably a little past his prime, and it's not going to be like, um, like Derrick Henry, I don't think. Yeah, Tannehill's a good quarterback when it doesn't depend on him. Um, he puts up good stats and all that kind of stuff, but everybody was focused on Derrick Henry. The Titans were focused on Derrick Henry. Let him carry the team. Now you're going to be looking, okay, okay, Ryan, we need you to carry the team. That's just not where he flourishes at. He's not a bad quarterback. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but um, he's not the kind of quarterback that carries the team. The Derrick Henry carried this team, and now he's gone at least for several, several weeks. And uh, can Tannehill carry them far enough to at least win the division? Because the division's not any good. And Indianapolis all of a sudden turned things around and play 
like some thought that they would this year. All right, let's get into our, our uh, pick six for the week. You were three and three last last week. I was two and two and four last week. Um, so you beat me. I think it's the first time the, the season so far that you uh, we've tied before. I think, but anyways, good job this week. Uh, let's start with your first pick six uh, game this week. I will take Cincinnati to cover over Cleveland. All right. Cincinnati's at uh, two and a half, minus two and a half at home against Cleveland. Cleveland has had some drama this week. I'm assuming that's part of why you are confident with going with Cincinnati. Yes. I mean, but Cincinnati, I think is good. You know, they did get upset there by the Jets, but if they're going to have a good year, um, and have a big time year, then you know they're going to have to beat Cleveland. Cleveland, um, I was higher on them last week. You said they're not the real deal, and you were right about that. Um, so I think, I mean, I think Cincinnati ought to win this game. I think they're they're a better team. Um, you know, again, the weapons they have and their defense has stepped up and played well. So I mean, with that line at two and a half, I think Cincinnati should win. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Bengals, they uh, they almost beat Green Bay. They should have beaten Green Bay. Um, they they stomped the Lions. They stomped the Ravens. And then they come out and lose to the Jets in a really weird game. Um, some said they overlooked the Jets and were looking ahead to this Cleveland game. You know, the thing about Cleveland that scares me, I did not pick this game. Uh, the thing about Cleveland that scares me is sometimes when you have all this drama, and the team stands up against the drama, and they say, nope, Odell, you're not welcome in the building, sometimes that draws who is in the building closer, and they actually get more focused and come out with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove for each other, just a way that they play for each other. And uh, that scares me a little bit. Cincinnati coming off of a of a, just a disgusting loss to the Jets. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they turn around. I actually think Cleveland might win this game. Uh, just because I'm a little bit more worried about how Cincinnati reacts to this loss to the Jets. So I stayed away from that game. My first pick of the day is going to be Atlanta plus six versus New Orleans. I was surprised that New Orleans was a six-point favorite considering that their quarterback is injured. They're either going to have, what, Taysom Hill or Trevor, Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback. Um, and then Atlanta has Matt Ryan. <laughs> and he's better than Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm very anti-Taysom Hill when it comes to him being the quarterback. Uh, but nonetheless, I think this makes a lot of sense for Atlanta to cover. I think they win this game, but uh, it makes a lot of sense for them to at least cover this game as well. Uh, so that's where I went with this time. And I think Atlanta, you're going to see them continually get better this season. They're not going to be a playoff team. They're not a contender. But I think they start to improve as the new coaching staff continues to grow with this team. Um, did you pick Atlanta, New Orleans, or did you stay away from that one? I did. I've stayed away from that. Oh. All right. Do you trust Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon? Uh, no. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't. And I did think about that game. Of course, Ridley's out now, too. And there's been, you know, maybe a little unsettling in Atlanta. You know, one week looks like, you know, they're terrible. And then all of a sudden, oh, they're going to turn this thing around. And then, then it doesn't happen. So I, I, I wouldn't trust Atlanta, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, and I'm staying away from the whole uh, time away from the game because of mental um, health issues. I have some very strong opinions on that, but I uh, don't know. 
that I want to go there tonight. I want to have that a little bit more planned out before I go there. But you're right. Um, with losing their best receiver, uh, who's just – and they said there won't be a long absence. I think there's some stuff going on with family as well. But nonetheless, he, he won't be there this week. Uh, you're right. There's some stuff going on there in Atlanta as well. But I still think they cover that game. All right, who's your second second game of the week? I've got Baltimore to cover against the Vikings. Baltimore against Minnesota. Uh, where is that one at? <laughs> Uh, oh, there it is. All right. Baltimore is a six point favorite, uh, over Minnesota at home. I've considered this game. I didn't pick this one. Um, I, I felt like I've been really heavy against Minnesota this year. <laughs> I felt like it would be best if I stayed away from them this game, but I agree with you. I think, I think Baltimore should easily win this game, uh, being that it's at home and, and a six point favorite as well. I'm so down on Minnesota, which is amazing because you look at their offense, dad, They've got a good offense, or at least good offensive talent, um, but it, it's just the, it's not coming together for Minnesota this year. No, it, it's not. And like you said, you kind of scratch your head and look at the talent. You know, again, when we look at it in the division, you think, wow, Minnesota, this really could be tough because they've really got a lot of – but, the, yeah, they just don't have it together. Um I, you know, I've never been a big fan of the coach, and that's where I think it falls uh, in, in in this one. And, um, again, I think Baltimore is really good, even though they did struggle. You know, they got upset, um, you know, by the what? Yeah, Baltimore did. Uh, they've had some weird games this season as well, and uh, you're right on that for sure. But I, I like that pick as well. I considered going Baltimore in this these picks as well, but just chose, like I said, been so anti-Vikings. I figured I should give it a break for a week at the very least. Uh, my next pick for this week is a game that I think I don't know, Dad, if you picked this one or not. I think I pick. Second pick for this week is Las Vegas. They're minus three-point favorites over the Giants. And um, I just think Vegas is going to come out on fire this week, just like they responded well to losing their head coach. I think they're going to respond well to this, even though it's a completely different situation. And I don't think the Giants are that good. So I'm going Vegas minus three over the Giants. Your thoughts on that game? Um, I didn't pick that. Originally, I had picked it, but I think, again, with everything that went on, I do think when they lost Gruden, they did rally around that. But now I think there's more distractions. Um, and so that, that one scared me a bit. I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Giants. Um, but, yeah, I, I stayed away from that one, and uh, the Henry Rose thing happened. All right. Uh, your third game of the week. I've got Arizona, and I had them to cover, but I think it's even against San Francisco. Uh, I've got an Arizona minus one. Okay. You still good with that? Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. good with that. I think Arizona, <laughs> I think Arizona uh, will win. San Francisco needs to win, but I think Arizona's. I think they'll bounce back good after the Packer game, and um, I, I think they'll win. Yeah, I mean, they're saying there was some concern about Kyler Murray, but they're saying he's going to play, should be good to go. Um, I would be shocked if Arizona comes out flat against San Francisco this week, and only minus one just means they got to beat them. And uh, that's probably a good pick, but I didn't pick that, that one either, but I did consider that one as well. My third pick is Buffalo minus 14.5 over Jacksonville. 
Jacksonville's been so bad this year, and uh, Buffalo's been good. I think two touchdowns is uh, easy for Buffalo to do. So I picked Buffalo minus 14.5 over Jacksonville. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I didn't pick that just because the big brands haven't been real good to me all the time, even though there's a very good chance that this one would be all right. All right, who's your fourth one? I uh, got New England to cover over Carolina. All right, so New England, they are a, as of this recording, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Carolina. Carolina has not been looking good as of late. Sam Darnold has not been looking good as of late. I considered this one also, but I didn't pick this one either. Um, I think it's probably the right pick on on that one as well. My fourth pick is the Chargers, minus one-and-a-half over Philadelphia. Philadelphia at home. Um I, I said it earlier this year, Philadelphia. I just don't know what we're going to get out of Philadelphia every week. It seems like all of a sudden they just blow up and have this great game. But uh, I trust the Chargers, and I think they're the best team in the AFC or the second best team, excuse me, in the AFC behind Buffalo. And uh, I'm going to take the Chargers at minus one and a half versus Philadelphia. Did you have that game? Yes, I did. I took that right. also. I think that was. Um... That's safe again. Philadelphia, boy, you just don't know. They're the biggest Jekyll and Hyde, I think, of the whole thing. But um, And they're at least one of them. But, yeah, the Chargers ought to win. And um, I think the Chargers are better than they played in some games. All right. So that's your fifth game. My fifth game is the Packers. I'm going to take them plus seven and a half versus Kansas City. Um, the Kansas City just hasn't been good this year. And I like the system that Matt LaFleur runs. And I think what we've seen him do, like we saw against Arizona, he put Rodgers and the team in the best situation to win. I think he'll do the same thing with Jordan Love this week. I think he'll call a game that puts them in the best situation. And Kansas City cannot stop the run. Aaron Jones and Dylan have both been very good this season. And if they can run the ball effectively, which they did against Arizona, then that's going to set up Jordan Love for success as well. I don't know that they beat Kansas City at Kansas City, but I think they can cover seven and a half. Um, again, I did not pick that game. I, I hope Green Bay wins. I think there would be a good chance that they could. Again, you know, Jordan Love's first game, Kansas City is, you know, quite the place to play. And uh, I, I think I think that if, they, if the Packers win, this will be a LaFleur. I mean, this will be the system. And this will be having they could. And like you said, they can run the ball. The thing is the defense has played better. And if the defense can can stay, you know, keep them in the game, then um, you know, I mean they can control the run. So uh it'll be and of course we don't know yet if Adams is gonna be back and if who all's gonna be back is Lactiari gonna play. Um, you know, they could have a pretty full team in some ways. So it'll be interesting to see. All right. Who's your last game of the week? Um, I'm going to take um, the underdog on this one, Denver and the points against Dallas. I don't want to win, but that seems like a lot of points. Denver is plus 10 against Dallas. I looked at this game, too, and obviously I've picked Dallas a lot this this year. I considered picking Dallas in this game. I considered picking Denver in this game. I stayed away from it ultimately. Um I don't trust Denver, and uh, I think Dallas is just getting better. Uh, I think the players are getting better. I don't know that the coaching is getting better, and I'm not an anti-McCarthy guy, but, man, there's some questionable stuff with the coaching in Dallas sometimes. Um, but I stayed away from that game this week, kind of like I, 
I picked against Minnesota most of the year. I picked for Dallas most of the year, so I just stayed away from that one. My last game is the Rams. They're minus seven and a half favorites against Tennessee. Um, Tennessee's first game without Henry, I just felt pretty confident the Rams could put up some points and run away with this game, although they've had some games where they haven't run away with things. That's kind of where I'm looking uh, there. Do you think I'm crazy for picking the Rams seven and a half point favorites? No, I almost picked that. They should be able to cover that easily. The thing that scares me on this one is Titans with the, it, you know adversity. Will they rally around this for a game or so? Will they come out and really play? Um, so I, it, that just kind of scared me, the unknown. And, again, I think the Rams were a very, very good team. And, um, I, again, I think they win, and that's who I'd hope would win. But uh, the Titans have scared me because I, I, I wonder if this would be a game where they'll rally around um, and stay in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm banking more towards the fact that the Titans will be finding themselves. They'll be searching for who they're going to be and uh, as opposed to rallying. That's what I'm banking on this week with the Titans. Uh, all right, that's our six picks for this game, the pick sixes for the week. And uh, feel free to share your pick sixes with us as well. We covered most of the games on the schedule this week. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking to see what games we didn't cover. I think we may have hit Texans-Dolphins. <laughs> we didn't talk about that one. Wow. Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Tua did not get traded. The Dolphins did not trade for Watson. Uh, both teams are one-and-seven. Miami's at home. Surely Miami wins this game, right? Uh, you would think so. Um, but, again, you know, Houston at times has played um, played a little better. I, I, boy, it would be it'd be bad things in Miami if they lose to Houston. Uh, but I, I, think they're having, I think they're in trouble anyhow. I didn't see it before the year started. Thought they'd be one of the better teams. But uh, I think things are unraveling. Uh, the only other game we haven't covered is the Monday night game. Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are six-and-a-half-point favorite. Ben Roethlisberger coming off a win. Um, the Bears are the Bears. Uh, Matt Nagy may not finish out the season as the Bears coach. We'll see. Uh, any thoughts on Chicago at Pittsburgh? No, I mean, that one's scary. You don't know who's going to show up in that. Um, you know, is Roethlisberger going to have a big game? Fields is definitely doing good, um, but hasn't been able, you know, he can't win games by himself. And, um, I, you know, I, I, that game I is is hard to say. I think the Bears were in trouble, uh, but to bank on Pittsburgh beating them, you don't know. All right, so that's our NFL talk for the day. Let's transition to the World Series. The Atlanta Braves closed it out in six games. They win the series four to two. They win the game seven to nothing. Uh, Atlanta Braves team of destiny. Uh, yeah, I mean, once they got rolling, you know, we talked about before the year, even when the playoffs started, I don't think, you know, we talked about it, getting people on. Nobody was saying, well, watch out for the Braves. Um, you know, the Cardinals were on a roll and you wondered where that was going to go. But, um, once the Braves got playing, um, boy, you know, they were, they were really hidden. And, um, once they got rolling, there was really no stopping them. Yeah. They, they got hot at the right time, didn't they? Um, other baseball news, dad, we didn't talk about this either. I'm not sure if you saw this or not. Buster Posey announces that he's retiring 
Uh, the official announcement will be tomorrow. Uh, San Francisco catcher, uh, great career, had some injury issues. Thought maybe he would get some time at first base and 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 extend his career, but he is choosing to retire. You're a Giants fan. Uh, your thoughts on Buster Posey ending his career? I mean, Buster Posey's had a great career. He'll go down as one of the, you know, uh, major Giants of all time. Uh, you know, he really had a surprise season this season. You know, I didn't know. Nobody, I don't think, knew that he would be have the year that he did. And, you know, he knows where he's at physically. And um, this might be a good time. They do have a good young catcher behind him. And, um you know, uh, you know, I sure I would love to see him come back and play one more, but it was sure surprised that he did as well as he did this year. And so, you know, too many players don't go out when they're on top and, uh, he'll go out in a great year. The giants had a great year of surprise. He was a leader. Uh, and he personally had a great year also. All right. Uh, baseball season is done. We've concluded a really good baseball season. It won't be long. We'll be talking baseball getting ready for the new year, the new fantasy draft, all those kinds of good things as well. Let's close out our program today, Dad, talking college football. The uh, college football playoff rankings came out. There are five undefeated teams in the top ten, but only two of those teams are in the top four. Uh, Georgia, number one, not a surprise. Alabama, number two, to me, that is a surprise. Michigan State, number three. Oregon, number four. Then you got Ohio State five, Cincinnati. There they are at number six. They were uh, number seven's Michigan. Number eight, Ohio, uh, uh, Oklahoma. Nine, Wake Forest, and ten, Notre Dame. Uh, is it going to be Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oregon at the end? Um, no, because I don't think Michigan State will stay in there, um, and somebody may jump over Oregon. Um, again, we talked last week. It'll be interesting about the uh, SEC championship game if it's Alabama and Georgia. If Georgia won, um, again, seeing this poll here, um, I, it's hard for me to believe that Alabama will not be in in the finals, in the playoff, even if they lose to Georgia. But um, it would depend probably what kind of game it is, too. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. Oregon surprises me. I think that's a little high and, um, you know, Alabama, you know, I, I, I mean, I've always been one that's been for undefeated teams and I think Cincinnati, you know, you win by 19 points and all of a sudden you drop, you know, well, they didn't drop the AP poll. They haven't had this poll before, but like you said, I mean, apparently they're just not going to let anybody in that's not in the power five and, um, you know, maybe some, it'd be hard for Cincinnati to, to move up in the rankings because they don't play the kind of teams. Maybe a big game over SMU, but, um, you know, they, they don't play the right teams to move up unless you get somebody above them loses another game or two. Yeah, I mean, if Michigan beats Ohio State, Michigan jumps Cincinnati. Um, if uh, Oklahoma continues to win, eventually they're going to, if they win the, the Big 12 championship, they're going to jump Cincinnati. Um, you know, the only chance they have is Alabama loses, uh, Michigan State loses, Oregon loses, Ohio State loses, Michigan loses. Um, that's their only chance at all. And I'm surprised specifically this year because Cincinnati's already made the announcement that they're moving to a Power 5 conference. 
I thought maybe that would garner some favor for them. It has not. Um, if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they will not be in the playoffs. No two-loss team has ever been in the playoffs, and they won't start this year. Um, you're going to have the winner of the SEC. You're going to have the winner of the Big Ten, whoever that is. Um, and then, you know, Oregon's questionable. I don't know if they'll get you up. I'm surprised Oklahoma is behind Michigan on this. Uh, I'm surprised, honestly, they're behind Oregon and Ohio State also. But but at the same time, to have them at number eight behind Michigan really surprises me. In my opinion, Oklahoma and Wake Forest should both be up at least one more spot. Um, I think Cincinnati should be higher as well. But uh, at the same time, you know, if Cincinnati was in the top four and then they got jumped at the end of the season – that would probably be more controversy than them being left out of the top four right now. So maybe it's they're playing a little uh, uh, cushion there for the the people there so that they, they can get be mad at them now. But at the end of the day, the final four teams, people will get over Cincinnati not being in it. Um, any other surprises in this uh, college football playoff ranking? No, I agree with you. To me, the biggest surprise is Oklahoma. Um Again, I mean, I, I, why they're not higher, I don't understand. Um, and Oklahoma's in a good spot because they play, if they can win out, they're going to play some decent teams here down the line. And uh, that that's going to help them if if they can win out. They can't afford to lose a game. It'll be a problem. I was looking at their schedule again, and, and their wins, you know, they're not blown out to good teams, haven't played all that many good teams. I guess they haven't played anybody who's even ranked up there. Um, but, you know, they, they have a great coach, and they've got a lot of talent, and um, I'm surprised about that. It'll be interesting. Ohio State, I think, has a really good team. Of course, they've got Michigan State and Michigan left to play. Um, those will be big games. Um from there, if, if those teams split around somewhere, I wouldn't think Michigan State will stay undefeated. But you know, I, I guess we never know. It'll th- these early rankings. I think you know, in two weeks, it'll take a lot more shape. Yeah, I want to go back to Oklahoma. When I saw where they were, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Then I looked at their schedule and realized they beat Texas, <laughs> and that's about it. Um, uh, Tulane, Western Carolina, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas, TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech. Those aren't good teams. Now, they do have number 12 Baylor this week uh, or next week, excuse me, and they close the season with number 11 Oklahoma State. They've got Iowa State in between those two. So, yeah, they'll have some wins under their belt if they win out. That should propel them into the top four. The Big Ten, you mentioned it. There's, it's going to be just a battle the rest of the way. Um, Ohio State, they've got Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan. Um, Michigan State, who's currently holding the top spot. They get Purdue this week. Maryland, Ohio State, and Penn State to close out the season. And then Michigan's the other Big Ten team up there right now. They've got Indiana, Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State to close out the season. So whoever wins the Big Ten, I think, is in. Uh, Wake Forest is another interesting one in the ACC. They play North Carolina. They play number 19, NC State. They play Clemson, and they close the season with Boston College. My goodness, if Wake goes undefeated and wins the ACC, I think they're in as well. I mean, if you go undefeated and you win a Power 5 conference, you got to be in the playoffs. 
You would think so, but again, you know, there's what five conferences and four spots, so you never really know. But yeah, I think if they went out, I don't know that they will win out, but um, that that would be an interesting thing there. And the team you've always talked about, you hanging there with one win is Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, they're teams, right there. Teams lose, you know, they could start jumping up a little bit more. They could. They're not going to have any big wins to close out the season, though. That hurts them. They're playing Navy. Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Stanford. Um, not a great schedule to help their case out. But listen, if Georgia wins the SEC, they're undefeated, they're in. Um, if whoever wins the Big Ten, if it's Michigan State, they'll be undefeated. If it's somebody else, they'll be one loss. They'll probably be in. Um, Alabama, if they lose to Georgia, they're out. So that leaves some interesting teams there. Oklahoma should win out. They'll be in, I think. And then the question will be, if Wake wins out, again, undefeated, if they're, if you have an undefeated team that wins a Power 5 right now, the only options for that is Georgia, Michigan State, and uh, Oklahoma and Wake Forest. Uh, if they're all undefeated, they're in. They'll, they'll jump the Oregon, the Ohio State, the Alabamas. But if you're looking at a one-loss team, now you're going to be looking at an Oregon. You could be looking at a, a Big Ten school. You could be looking at an ACC school. That one loss, that might you might not make it with that. But undefeated Power Five, you're in guaranteed uh, from there. Maybe Cincinnati still squeaks in. They've had you know some wins. They beat Indiana, who hasn't had a good season. Uh, they beat Notre Dame, who's a top ten team. That should mean something. Uh, they close out Tulsa, South Florida, SMU, and Eastern East Carolina. They close out. The season. There'll be plenty of college football talk to go around here in the weeks ahead as well. All right, it's Dad. That's, oh, go ahead. It's, it's interesting. Is there a chance that the not conspiracy theory here? Does the, the bowl people, the, the college football playoff people, want want to have it be really a rub this year so they'll add more teams to the playoff? Interesting. Um. Good question. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just mad they don't have Alabama and Clemson. They just don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, who knows? Uh, good point. Good point. All right. Big weekend coming. Uh, Green Bay, we're, as we are Packer fans, so we're looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. Um, Eastern Kentucky college football. Man, they got a big game this week in Texas against Stephen F. Austin. Be watching that as well. Um, a lot of stuff happening. Baseball's done. Basketball, hockey, football still going, and college basketball is about to tip off. So we'll talk more about that in upcoming episodes as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Sports Stove, and uh, please rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>